Okay. How's everybody doing? You may even be quieter after the end of my message. No, I just... Um, actually, before I get into the message, I just I want to invite Carol up here. You don't even know what I'm going to ask you, do you? Millie said she had talked to you about sharing about our trip to Israel. No? Okay, next week. Okay, take a minute and just share about the upcoming trip to Israel. Okay? I don't know. No, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was not prepared. Um, I have a nonprofit called Jeremiah's Call, and um, I've been in church world for a long time and came out of all that. Anyway, so God has me in this place where we write and teach um, really in-depth Bible studies and um, not to tickle the ears. So a lot of the people that take our studies, um, Israel and all of this, everything is very new to them. Uh, it's not new to me, but it's new to them, and, but they're all hungry. So we thought it would be wonderful to um, um, plan a tour for Israel for the end of May next year in early June. Our group has taught on the Feast of the Lord. We've taught a lot of different things. We're actually revisiting that study next spring to prepare them. But I also thought it would be wonderful to partner with Millie and Stuart because there's so much wisdom that I think so many people would really glean from their leadership as well. And so we just thought it would be a really good idea. And so we've worked with Radiant Tours to put together a tour for next, the end of May to early June. Um, I kind of prepared Millie in advance. There's probably gonna be a lot of new people on this tour, but again, they're hungry and I think they will be super blessed and whoever from here wants to come, whoever wants to come, we're not, you know, limiting it to anything. Um, but also we want to be there for Pentecost. So we're going to be there for Pentecost to celebrate that as well. So we're going to go on a really um, wonderful tour through many ancient sites. We're going to go into Hebron. We're going to go into Shiloh. We're, we're doing a lot of the other sites that, you know, we do as well when we're there. But then we're also going to do a little two-day extension into Petra in Jordan. And um, so we just invite everyone to join in. We're only taking, I think, one bus load, so that's 40 people maximum. And I know some signups have already started. So um, I think Millie has the link to send out to your group. I've sent the link out to our group, and, um, and I put it out on Facebook too. So um, yeah, so that's really about it. Really, I want to encourage you, if you haven't been, or even if you have been, pray and ask the Lord if you're to go on this. This is going to be special because we're going to be with intercessors. We're going to be for, with people. Maybe this is be their first time going to the land. And so um, and we're also with Radiant Tour. That's part of their, their heart is to hook up to, to um, introduce them to the ministries in the land. So um, really important. And, you know, I wanted to share this thing, too. You know, we've been up meeting in this, on this mountain for over three and a half years. We're going on four years. And some have said, you know, what is our relationship with Gateway on Mount Zion? And, um, well, let me just say, first of all, we have a great relationship. Pastor Dave and Dee, we have a great relationship with them. And we know many of their people. We go to some of their, their services. And some of them come to our services. You may not know that. Um, but let me just tell you what's happening um, remember a couple of months ago, we had a joint prayer time with them, 
And God's just opening up things. They've invited me to share at their church service on September the 29th um, about the feasts. No, the 29th. 22nd? September the 22nd, about the feasts. They are so fired up and wanting to learn about the feasts. If you don't think the church is wanting to know these things, that they're closed off to the things, you're wrong. They are wanting to know. In addition to that, we got contacted by their Sunday school, and they are doing some teachings about the feasts, about the Torah, about the Jewish Messiah um, on Sunday mornings, and they've invited us to be participants to actually teach their their students about this. So um, Millie and I are going to be teaching some. We've asked some of you to be involved in that. They really want to hear. They really want to know. And so God is doing some things. God is breaking down those walls in the church, bringing us together. And I'm just, I want to encourage you in that because some of, you know, say, what, what, what do we, what is our, what are we affecting with the church? Well, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. It's not easy. It's hard work. But I want to encourage you, do not give up. God has called us into that Ephesians 2, one new man. And I don't know what the final product is going to look like, but I do know that God is bringing that together now in his body. Amen? So I want to encourage you to pray into that. And if anybody would be interested in sharing um, with their Sunday school, and they meet on Sundays, by the way, because that's what they call Sunday school. Um, and if you're interested in, in being with us during those times, it's going to be in September, later September, and in, into October. Pray about it and join with us, okay? And also, they're going to be part of our fall feasts. Gateway Mount Zion, they're joining us for uh, Yom Teruah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. So they're going to be, there's going to be some exciting things happen. And we've done a lot of prayer into that. So, but anyways, I want to share today a message. Um, I want to continue on the theme of faith that we've been talking about for the last several weeks. And I had another title I wanted, to, and I do, I want to talk about the characteristics of faith. But I was just kind of thinking after some things that I read about this week, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up in our faith. That's basically what I want to share today. We've looked over the last few weeks how different realms of faith. We talked about the realm of hearing. We hear. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. You want more faith? Hear the word more. You want to grow in your understanding of the word? You step out in faith more. And also seeing, and this morning, it's how appropriate the Torah portion, re'eh, see, re'eh in Hebrew, see. It's hard to take hold of something by faith if you can't see it. You know, blind faith was a rock band in the 60s. God hasn't called us to live by blind faith. He has given us the ability to see things in the spirit if we want to. And also, speaking faith, speaking words of faith. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Speaking words of, the words that we speak need to reflect the faith that I have in my heart. Otherwise, there's a disconnect. Faith speaks boldly the word of God. When 
faith speaks, it's the opposite of fear, which will always, always, always defeat us. Fear will always defeat us. You see, faith focuses on who we are in Yeshua. Faith focuses on the hope we have in Yeshua. You might have a bad day today. You might have a bad week. You might have had some terrible things coming. But all of us have a hope in Yeshua. And that is so incredible. Faith focuses on that no matter what you're going through. Romans 8.28, for God works all things, no, Stu, only the good things. No, all things, good, bad, and ugly, for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So what are we focusing on? See, fear focuses on our regrets. How many ever had any regrets? Okay, fear focuses on the regrets, our mistakes, our events, the events of the past. And basically, we come to the conclusion, if we're walking in fear, things aren't going to change. They're going to be the same as they were always. That will always defeat us. And I really believe we're coming into a season. Tomorrow begins Elul, Elul number one, Elul one. We're in a season when God wants us to walk in greater faith, greater faith. You see, entering into this month of Elul, and traditionally, it's a time of humbling. It's a time of surrendering. It's a time of preparation. God is saying, get ready, get ready. Because I believe he's coming during the fall feast. I don't know when, don't know what year. Lord, if it's this year, that's great. Yeah, I'd love to go on that cruise I planned, but you know what? I'd rather go with you, you know, but he is coming, I believe. And that's what the whole focus on the fall feast is his second coming. And this month of Elul is that time of preparation, preparing our hearts. Elevation of faith. What is faith? Faith is more than just believing in something. That's kind of where we end it, is we believe in something, but that's not totally it. It's belief, yes, but it's a trust and a loyalty to God. It's a foundational reality that affects every area of my life. I can believe in something, but it may not affect every area of my life. What are you smiling about? <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm going to preach it. Yeah. I just see that smile and I go, yeah, all right. See, see faith is, it's, it's a foundational reality that affects every area of our lives. And every area of our life has built upon that. And if it's not, it's going to be shaken. It is definitely going to be a shaken. There's an alarm being sounded. This is a time where the shofar is being sounded to start warning people, alarming, not in a negative way, a fear way, but alarm like, get ready. Get ready. It should be an excitement in us. But I also believe there's a call to holiness, a greater level of holiness in our personal lives, in our meanings, in our congregational life than ever before. I really believe that. I believe that God is wanting to awaken that fear of the Lord, a real healthy fear of the Lord based on his holiness. And he's especially speaking to leaders. The Lord has just really been, I just, I can't tell you. It's just been showing me in this, this, there's this fear and trembling that of the Lord and his ways. And as a leader, I better be living what I preach. 
or else there's problems. Why would I expect or how can I expect anybody else to be doing what I say if I'm not walking in that way myself? When you pray for us, you know, it's about accountability too. I'm accountable to you. You know, if there's an area in my life, be gentle about it, but come to me and share that with, you know. I invite you to do that, but it's, you know, God is calling us to walk in that white life of holiness. Are you the same when you're with everybody else as you are when you're with by yourself? Are you acting the same? Are we truly living as those called out ones? And see, that's what the church, the ecclesia, the kahal, the kahila is, called out ones, called out to be sanctified, separate, to be different, part, uh, unique, peculiar than anybody else. Are we, call, are we living that out? We're called to be his representatives to a dark and corrupted world. And boy, is this world dark and corrupted. When we have the fear of the Lord, our hearts will be grieved at the spiritual condition of much of the body of Messiah today. Unrighteous deeds are being revealed. Immorality, perversion in the high places is being revealed. Corruption, all of these things are being exposed even today as I speak. I don't know, some of you have heard about the things that are going on in the body. I don't know if anybody's been doing any of the reading. And there's some really ugly things that are being exposed. And how we respond to this exposure really is going to determine a lot. I'm going to talk a little bit more in a few minutes. It's not about naming names. It's not about um, judging. But you know what? We are called to judge. If we're the body, we are called to judge certain things. We are called to judge behaviors. But I, it's more of a warning that God, if he's exposing these things, you know what? This is a season for us to get our hearts right. Amen? Amen. See, if, if we don't deal with these things, and that's why I'm asking, I'm asking you to pray as we enter into the month of Elul. I believe it starts tomorrow. Is that right? Elul number one is tomorrow. It's traditionally this month of preparation. I'm asking you to pray how you are to respond to that. Um, and I'm just asking you to pray about fasting. Millie and I are committed to finding out from the Lord how he wants us to fast. I don't say, hey, this is how you're to do it. You ask the Lord how you're to do it, but I would ask that you be, commit to this because I really believe that we're at a point in, our, in, our, in, in the body of Messiah where um, fasting needs to take place more regularly. I'm not, a, I'm not a good faster. I like food too much. I'm weak in that area, but God is definitely calling us to this area. So I want to ask you to pray. What is your part to be in fasting, in fasting, leading up to the high holidays? Because I really believe there's going to be, God wants to bless. He wants to pour out blessing, but there's, 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 clog, there's a clog in the line sometimes in that coming from heaven that we need to get rid of it. Get, get rid of it. Yeah. Millie? And there's several that need breakthroughs in healing. And I really ask that uh, during this time, as you're searching your hearts, you would also lift up uh, people who need healing, Mary, Joyce, um, others, uh, CJ, um, others in the body that need um, uh, 
healing, okay, that really need a breakthrough. This is a season of breakthrough, but God says, do you want breakthrough bad enough to do this? And I do. I don't know about you, but I do. You see, God, I believe, is more interested in our character than he is in our giftings and our anointings. And I think too long we focused on giftings and ignored the character part. Leadership involves character. You cannot separate the two. So I really ask you to seek the Lord on how you're to, to enter into this month. I really believe it's going to be a key. To, I, I'm excited about it. I have expectations of good things happening as we do this, as we walk in this way. Amen? I want to talk today about flavors of faith. Do you know that there is a connection? We all, we've already talked about this. There is a connection between the word, the word of God, and our elevation in faith. And we know that Yeshua is the living word. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. And there's a taste, there's a flavor to faith. And that flavor overcomes the bitternesses of fear. Ezekiel. Chapter 3, verse 3 says, Son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. I ate it and it tasted sweet as honey. See, the word, when we take it in, when we take it in and we apply it to our lives, it's as sweet as honey is. Revelation chapter 10, starting in verse 9, it says, I went to the angel telling him to give me the little scroll. And he tells me, take and eat it. Twice we see here in the scriptures where God is saying, or the, you know, there's a, take this scroll and eat it. Eat this scroll. Take it in. Let it be your absolute provision. Let it feed your soul. Let it feed your spirit. He says, and he tells me, take it and eat it. It will be bitter to your stomach, but sweet as honey in your mouth. So I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It was as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had swallowed it, my stomach was made bitter. You know, it's interesting how that scripture in Ezekiel that I read about taste and see, or I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey. This is the first scripture, passage of scripture, that the Lord began to speak to me and to Millie about our call to, to my people, my, to the Jewish people and to Israel. It was, it, was, it, was 30, it was over 30 years ago. Let's see if I can find that scripture. Yeah. It was over 30 years ago when we were in our training for, to be missionaries, and we are going through this. And, and then he goes on, and I, I want to read these. It's, you don't have to turn to it, but Ezekiel 3 and verse 4. I just read verse 3. It says, And then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them, for you are not sent to a people of unintelligible speech and difficult tongue, but to the house of Israel, not nor to many peoples of an unintelligible speech or difficult tongue. Those words you cannot understand. Surely if I sent you to such, they would listen to you. But the house of Israel will not listen, will, will not be willing to listen to you, for they are not willing to listen to me. Surely the whole house of Israel has a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. God gave me that passage of scripture and said, I'm sending you to your people. And I said, no, Lord, please don't. You can't put those two words together in the same sentence. No, Lord. 
And it was a period of time that I went through, and the Lord began to speak to me and soften my heart towards my people. Ended up towards living in the land for eight years, called to the people. But that's where it started was right there, stepping out in faith. But the, the, the word of God and walking in faith has a taste to it. It's sweet as honey. It's sweet as honey is to us. Revelation, when the revelation flows like honey in our meetings, when faith flows like honey in our meetings, people will taste that reality. Amen? It says in Psalm 34, verse 9, it says, Taste and see how good Adonai is. There's a taste to it. It's sweet as honey. Faith also, and this is so important, I'm going to spend some time on this. Faith requires action. The word always prospers, and if it's alive in me, I'm going to prosper. You see, the word always prospers, and we can look at biblical examples in this, in the scriptures. The seed that falls on the good soil, what does it produce? 30, 60, 100 fold. You see, there's, a, there's a, a prospering that takes place when the seed, when the word is put in. Yeshua blessed the bread, the five loaves and the two fish. That's all they had, but it was enough to feed the whole crowds. Yeshua went in John chapter 4, and it was mentioned this morning, to the woman in Samaria, to the woman of the well. He shared about the living water that he was, that he is the Messiah, and she received that, and he spoke prophetically to her. And then he, she went into the village, and so many of the people came out to hear the word and were saved. See, there's a prosperity that comes through faith, through taking in the word. There's a prosperity that comes. If it's alive in me, I prosper. Faith reaches out and takes hold of whatever grace provides. Let me say that again. Faith reaches out and takes hold of whatever grace provides. James chapter 1, verse 22. I should say the book of Jacob, the book of Yaakov. Chapter 1, verse 22, and then verse 26. Verse 22. But he, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding yourselves. The Lord is saying to all of us, you know, you hear the word. You take the word in. You're full of the word. You have it in you. But how many of you are doing the word? This is not a condemnation because I'm speaking to myself. You know, how many of us are sharing our faith? How many of us are coming alongside those who need encouragement, who need to be blessed? Be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And he says, if you're not, you're deluding yourselves. That's why I say faith is more than just believing in something, but it's putting feet to your faith. It's putting feet to your beliefs. Verse 26 says, if anyone, Yaakov, verse 21, verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious, and this is religious in a good way, not religious in a, oh, he's got a spirit of religion. I'm not talking about that. Spiritual. If anyone thinks he's religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is futile. And then he goes on to say, pure religion is undefiled. It cares for the orphan. It cares for the widows in distress. It keeps itself unstained by the world. You see, that's what real faith, it keeps us unstained from the world, by the world. You know, I heard this, and in, 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 you can just 
test this if you'd like, but when you hear something, you hear the word of God, or you're hearing instruction, it's 30 to 40 seconds. We have 30 to 40 seconds to respond to that urging or that instruction. 30 to 40 seconds, which kind of blows me away. You think about that. Because what is the tendency? You hear something and you don't act on it right away. What's the tendency? Doubt? Doubt? Good. Yeah. You forget. That's right. You could become lazy. You become distracted. You know, there's so many things we can be distracted with. This is what I struggle with. Is if I don't respond, then you become analytical. Well, you know, maybe that's for there in that situation. And, oh, another time, another day. And, you know, and you become analytical. Or I'm, I've got to go to a meeting, and this meeting is very important. So I just, you know what I mean? So we begin to analyze what we just heard. And pretty soon we don't do it. And I've heard this for so many years, and there's some truth to this. Delayed obedience is disobedience. You know, you ever been walking, you ever been somewhere, and you have just this, this, this urging, you know, um, go talk to that person. Go talk to that person. And you go, no, man, I ain't got nothing to say. I remember one time we went to a restaurant, Millie and I, and we're, we're just, this is a few years ago, and we're just... Uh, we're sitting there, and some people were walking. They were sitting at another table. And she just really felt to go talk to this guy who we'd never seen before and just say, God loves God loves you. Remember that at that restaurant? And, and so she went over, you know, fear and trembling. It's like, okay. And she just shared that with a guy. And, and I don't remember what the outcome was on that. But it's just like it, the outcome is not your problem. Just do what the Lord says. Otherwise, you know, who knows what you might have missed. I know uh, a few months ago where I was at a meeting and, and um, I was walking out with another pastor and this lady was walking in and she was, and I've shared this before, and she, had a, she was limping and, and uh, Pastor Mark and myself, we saw this and I just said, can I pray for you? And began to pray for her. She says, yes, I'm a believer. Thank you so much. And she started walking and like, wow, that's awesome. So just respond to what the, what the Lord says. That's stepping out in faith. Delayed obedience is disobedience. It's about our willingness to respond. We've been talking all year about Hineni. Here am I, Lord. Here am I. This thing that you're saying, this is impossible. I can't do it. And God says back, Hineni, I am with you to do this through you. I am placing myself, I am in you to do this. All he wants from us is a willingness to do this. Hineni. When we say Hineni, he says, Hineni, back. I'm with you. He's speaking now. God is speaking now about holiness, about getting rid of idolatry and a call to repentance. And if we ignore it, it's going to be exposed. If it's, you know, we know there's some things going on. God says, this is the season. This is the time you deal with these things. It will get exposed. It will get exposed. Not because he wants to punish us, but because he loves us so much, he will allow these things to be exposed. There's a situation going on right now, some of you know, and I'm going to mention one name. 
And that's it. I'm not mentioning that name because um, of judgment or anything like that. I've never met the person, but he's it's out. I've been I've watched this man. His name is Todd Bentley, and um, he's a world-known evangelist. And God, he had an incredible salvation experience, no doubt about that. Several years ago, back in about 2008, there was a revival going on in Lakeland. Some things happened. There was moral failure. He was supposedly restored and put back into the ministry right away. And then it happened again in 2013, and he was restored, put back into the ministry right, right away. See, there's a misunderstanding. When the scriptures in Galatians 6.1 talks about being restored, it doesn't mean restored to ministry. It means being restored back to a relationship, a healthy relationship with the Lord. And so now these things have surfaced. The same issues but darker have surfaced again in the body of Messiah. He's being called out. Some are defending him. And this is an issue right now that I believe God allowed this to come up at this point to deal with it. Not to harm or to hurt or to judge or anything like that. But you know what? This is where I said God wants to bring that fear of the Lord back in the body again. You see, too much emphasis was put on the man's giftings and anointings. And man, there was a great, I listened to that guy and I heard an anointing. I heard people were being saved, but yet God always was speaking to him. I need you to deal with these issues in your character. He didn't do it. And the anointing be, well, I got to preach. I got to preach. I got to preach. Now it's being revealed. And God wants to bring more fruit down the road. So that's why he wants to deal with this situation. That's why it's coming up. But it's, it's, it's grieving God's heart because there's some that are saying, well, you know, who are we to speak into him? We all have some kind of sin. We all have an issue. But that's not it. Here's a person in leadership. Here's a person in leadership. Here's a person who's actually overseeing young people. And there's issues involving young people. So that's why this is coming up now. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I'm saying this is why I, um, what God is doing in this season. And we need to take seriously these issues not to, to, to judge Todd or anybody else, but to look at our own hearts and say, God, if there's any of that in my life, deal with it and deal with it now. We need to deal ruthlessly with those things in our lives. Amen? You see, if faith truly believes, it acts. If faith truly believes that, that God is doing this or saying something, that it will act, faith will act upon it. And God is looking for people who will respond to his voice. God is looking for people who will respond. And when people respond, then the glory comes down in a powerful, powerful way. And I don't know about you, but I want that glory to fall on this mountain. I want that glory to fall on, these, on all of us. I want us to look different a month, two months from now than we do today. Not that we don't look good. You all look really good. But I want more of him. Do you? Do you want more of him? When God speaks, act upon what he says. Don't worry about, well, I'm going to be embarrassed. or People are going to think this is funny. You know, when we were in Kenya, and, and I, I told you this story how, you know, when we first got there and, and Sammy, Pastor Sammy, introduced, he said, you know, we're going to have these, these people here that are HIV positive, terminally ill, and they're going to be coming next week. We'd like for you to come. And so, and I just really felt at that point, I said, Millie and I are going to pray for, for them. We, we just really feel we're going to pray. A week later, we come there, and there they are, 100 people. 
all of them HIV positive or terminally ill. Terminally ill. We shared, Millie shared her testimony of just deliverance and God breaking bondages. I shared healings of testimonies of healing and, and we prayed for each and every one. And we heard reports in the next day or so of wonderful things that are happening. I got an email just this week, just a few days ago, two days ago from Pastor Sammy. He said, one of the ladies that we prayed for, she had a growth, didn't say what the growth was, in her abdomen. We prayed for her and she was scheduled for surgery this week. She went into the doctor and the doctor said, you have been supernaturally healed. This couldn't have happened. There's no need for surgery. So I'm just saying, it's not about us. This is about moving on what God says to you. Whatever he says. And I believe if, he's, if he can use me, he can use, he can use you guys. He can use any of us. If he can use me, he can use anybody. He can use my dog, Walter, if he wants to. But I'm expecting to hear more of those results. I'm expecting to hear more about those healings. And see, that's another thing. You won't always hear the results of what you do. Sometimes you do. We've been blessed. Do it anyways. It's not so that you can hear back and say, wow, look at what I did. You may never hear until when we get in glory, but do it anyways. Faith also receives. So faith takes action, but faith also receives. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 says, I think I'll finish on time, so hang in there. For this reason, I say to you, Whatever you pray and ask, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours, whatever you have asked. You're not going to be asking something selfish, because if you're in a relationship with the Lord, I believe, you know, as you mature, you're going to be asking those things that you really feel like God wants to do and God wants to release to you. You receive it, you, you re and, and it's about receiving blessing. It's about receiving revelation, but you have to receive it. You got to kind of reach out your hands and receive it. So what I'd like for us to do right now is just close your eyes. This is not some hocus pocus thing. Just, just trust me in this. Okay. Ask the Lord what it is. Just ask, you know, you have a need. If every, if you have a need, okay, whatever it is that the Lord just showed you, I want you to do, do me a favor, raise up your hands to the Lord. Just raise your hands up to the Lord. Say, thank you, Lord. I receive that. I receive that. I receive that. Father, whatever it is, Lord God, whether it's a healing, Lord, of the salvation of a loved one, financial release, there's a decision that needs to be made. In the name of Yeshua, receive that. Receive that blessing. Amen. What this is, you're taking a natural step into a spiritual dimension. Just raising your hands isn't doing it, but it's, it's a symbolic act of, I'm reaching up to heaven. Didn't you say today during the worship, William, that it's actually part of our worship is to raise our hands, to receive. It's about, you know, it's, it's about surrender. You know, you raise your hands up to surrender, but it's also, it's an act of receiving, spiritually receiving. So whatever it was that the Lord showed you, believe and receive that. It's being obedient to what the Lord says. Often we don't receive because we don't feel that we deserve what we're asking. Hmm. This really spoke to me. Conviction. Whatever. You know, see, we have an enemy out there who wants to just lie and deceive. And uh, so this is how it works. 
you want to receive it, but you don't feel like you deserve it because you're not good enough, you're not spiritual enough. You've done too many bad things. Nothing good's going to happen to me. Nothing good ever happens to me. That person always gets blessed, but never me. I'm, I'm just playing back some tapes that I've heard in my own head. Maybe you've heard those same tapes. Maybe not. Those are some of the tapes we hear. Oh, this is one. This is the one. If I hope, and if I believe I'm going to, and it doesn't come to pass, I can't handle another disappointment. No, I'm there. My big thing, and I, but it's not my fault. It's my mom's fault. She taught me this. No, I'm just, I love my mom. But it's like, you know, what's this thing? I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that will keep me from entering into God's best. There's something that I don't deserve it because there's something in my life. There's a, the blood of Yeshua heals and he separates us from that past. Yeah, there may be some issues, some consequences of that. But you know what? God is good. He's always good. He's not there withholding from you. Amen? See, when he releases salvation, when he releases, somebody said amen, and I thank you for that. When he releases revelation, grab a hold of it. That's the application part. Second, or 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says, Now a natural man does not accept the things of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Elohim. For they are foolishness to him. And he cannot, cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The natural man says, this is ridiculous. That, it's never going to happen. That growth, that's, she's, she needs that surgery. And don't, you know, it's just, come on, don't even bother. And yet God says, no, there's another way. They have to be spiritually discerned. And the spirit world is just as real as the natural world. I'm telling you that. Verse 16 of that same passage, chapter 2, 1 Corinthians. Who has known the mind of Adonai that he will instruct him? But, he ha- but we have the mind of Messiah. We have the mind of Messiah. We may not always think that way, but you know what? The mind of Messiah we do have. We need to start walking in that mind of Messiah. See, the Spirit in us does and acts. The Spirit of God, see, if you're saved, the Spirit of God is in you, and it does, and it acts. However, we have to engage our will, our chooser. We have to engage our mind, our thinker. We have to engage our emotions, our soul. Also, by faith, and this is, this is really cool, we can refuse, we can refuse things by faith. You don't have to succumb to that. We can also refuse generational curses. What do I mean by generational curses? Things that have been passed down from fam- in, their, in your family line from generation to generation. They can be alcoholism, divorce, sexual abuse. When you see patterns in your life and you see patterns in your parents' life or you saw patterns or you saw patterns in your grandparents' life, there's probably a generational thing attached. And by faith, we can break those. I would encourage you, if you see those things, call one of the elders, call us and say, you know what, we need to pray and break those things off our family. I know we saw that early on in our relationship, in our marriage. Um, There was a, a, a... familiar, a generational thing of divorce 
on Millie's side of the family. We said, you know what? We're going to break that off in the name of Yeshua. Break off that, that, that generational thing that just seems to follow it, and you can do that by faith. Amen? We can break off these things that kind of hold us into, uh, to, into bondages. And you might say, well, you know, I came into the Lord. Doesn't he automatically do those things? I believe there is a, um, curses are broken off. But as we go deeper into the Lord, he gives us greater revelation. He wants to go deeper to really finally cut off some of those things that have just been kind of hanging on. I call them the Klingons. Klingons, things that just kind of hang on there. All right. I want to bring this to a close. Worship team, if you would come up here, I want to bring it to a close. Faith realm. We're going to be changing, talking about the anointing starting next week. But the faith realm, it operates, it works by love. Faith works by love. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Messiah, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any meaning but only trust and faithfulness expressing itself through love. Love covers a multitude of sins, and this is what I appreciated in your message. Or Nellie, is it Nellie or Melly? Melly. She saw something in Scarlet. Nobody ever saw anything in Scarlet. You know, frankly, my dear, no, we don't want to go there. <laughs> but she saw something. You know, that's the love that I'm talking about, is to see through the dirt, scum, all that stuff, and to see that the image of God in that person. It takes love to do that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, in verse 1, it says, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, in other words, if I have all these great gifts, but I have not love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Verse 13 of that same chapter. But now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Faith operates by love. Faith is the beginning point of what God wants to do in our lives. Faith is the beginning point. Just stand with me. I want to read a... You know, this is a psalm. Everybody knows a psalm. It's the 23rd psalm. This is actually David's journey of faith. His journey of faith becomes ours. Listen to these words of Psalm of David. Adonai is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. These next couple of verses. Even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And see, that takes faith to not fear evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I want you to listen to this next verse, verse 5. Put that up there. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup 
overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Adonai forever. He says, in the place of his greatest enemy, the anointing is poured out to overflowing. You want to walk in faith? Sit down with your enemies. <laughs> Whatever that enemy is, and let the Holy Spirit just flow down over you. You see, with that, when we're at the end of our strength, that's when the anointing comes. When we're at the end of it all, that's when that anointing comes. David is sitting down in the presence of his, uh, of his enemies. And then the oil of the, of, the, of the presence of the Lord comes down upon him. When we're at the end of our strength, that anointing, that co it comes. It comes from the Lord. And then we can pray like Yeshua. Yeshua in Luke chapter 22 Luke chapter 22, verse 42 says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. If you're willing, take this cup from me. He knew what was before him. He says, yet not my will, but yours be done. You see, that's the epitome of faith. Not my will, but yours be done in my life. In the anointing, and we're going to be talking more about the anointing, there's power to overcome. God wants us to move in that realm of faith into that realm of the anointing where, the, where there's power to overcome whatever you're going through. We're going to be looking more at that over these next weeks as the anointing. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your love that breaks through our hearts. Lord, I'm reminded this is coming into the 40th anniversary of me having an encounter with you that transformed my life. Lord, it was a step of faith that I didn't even know what it was all about. But I realized I needed you in my life. I realized that I needed more, more of you. I needed you, period. My life was going in the wrong direction and you made yourself so real to me 40 years ago Lord and that faith as a mustard seed that was put in there that day Lord it wasn't much but I know it was there and Lord I want to grow I want that seed of faith to grow Lord I need more of your love I need more of your faith Lord I need more of you in my life so, Lord, and I pray that for each and every one of us, Lord God. Lord, as we're entering into a season that is so ordained to the Lord, the season of preparing for your return, preparing to hear that final shofar call. God is saying, I want my bride to be ready. I want my bride to be ready. It's not about being perfect. He's made you perfect in your spirit. It's about you just saying, I'm so total, totally dependent upon you, Abba. I need you in my life, Abba. Father, I love you, Lord, but let my love grow and grow more for you. So, Father, I pray that during this season, Father, I pray for greater revelation from heaven would fall. 
greater revelation would, would come, Lord, to your sons and your daughters. Lord, when that revelation comes, Lord, we would grab a hold of it. We would grab a hold of that revelation because we don't want to be the same as we were back. We want to be changed by being in your presence. So, Father, I pray, Lord God, revelation flow. And, Lord, that it would taste as sweet as honey is. Oh, that that taste of, that sweet taste of that honey and all that bitterness would be washed away. Lord, I just commit my brothers and sisters to you over this season. In Yeshua's name, amen, amen.
I just, um, God doesn't want us to be fearful about the things that are happening around us. Just walk in trust and walk in love. It's also a season of, of forgiving, a season of forgiving things of the past. You know, it's, it's so important that we do that. You can't really go full on into the things that he wants if you're holding on to baggage from the past. So I just want to encourage you into that as we end our service with a blessing and the ironic blessing. And Hallelujah. God spoke to Moses to speak to Aaron his sons, that when the people of Israel would gather, that to bless them and place my name upon them. And this is how you're to do it. Adonai <laughs> shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord would lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, his mercy, his blessings, his favor, his presence, more faith, more faith. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. And I just really want to encourage you if, and I don't know why I'm led to say this, but if you really don't know the Lord today, um, don't leave here without coming and talk to me, please. Days are, we're in are so important. If there's an issue in your life that you really need agreement and prayer with, come talk to us before you go down to Oneg, before you leave. It's too important. Amen? So I just want to encourage you as I dismiss you, if there's something on your heart you need prayer, feel free to come up. And I'm going to be here and hang out and pray with you. God bless you.